You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Tonight, Paul and I are here. Um, Paul, how, how you doing, man? We're g- I'm good, man. Good I'm good. good. It was Father's nice. Day. Yeah, good Father's Day weekend. Hung out with you and your family. Brought my kids over, my wife. Yeah, it was It was a good time. It's always a good weekend when you get to hang out with me. Yeah, that, you're damn right. <laughs> so, Did a little, yeah. little fishing, frying. That was not good. actually fishing. We just fried fish. Yeah, but. just fried store bought fish. I did a little trout fishing over the weekend. Didn't catch a single trout. My buddy Brandon caught a couple, but I I caught like I don't know five smallmouth, something like that. So yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. It was a good holiday weekend. Good Father's Day weekend for me. So that's good. I uh, was working around the yard. A lot of painting, mowing. I don't know. Other stuff like that. Dad, just dad work. Dad, dad stuff. Family, family guy work. And like kids, birthday parties. Um, what else do we do? I don't know, but I had I had kind of a fun like like Christmas in June week for me. In consecutive days, I got it's my happening. Yeah, I got my serious arrows that I just bought. Those things are badass. Wicked. Yeah, and then I got my tethered system. 
The well, guy, the guy, like I had my front door open because it was, it was like real nice, one hotter human. I was on the couch watching, I don't know, some TV show with my daughters, and and the guy's like UPS. I about fell out of the couch and was like running to the to the front door, like oh my god, it's here. <laughs> Paul sends me this text, Facetime me now. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what the hell's going on? And here he is up in the tree. Yeah, damn right, just hanging around. So. Like it was it? cool. I, you know, I did. I like so. I, I don't have a ton of good trees in my in my in my yard. So I used like the only acceptable tree, and I got like maybe ten feet off the ground. Um, but it was like there was the tree like wise off this big maple tree, and I just couldn't get out. I couldn't get my tether set up in the right position to really uh, lean back as as best as I could. So, or you know, it was cool. I I did I did enjoy it. My the youngest member of the Purple Coat Mafia, she was all up in it, man. I mean, she was climbing up those sticks and jumping off the she is a wild off one, the platform, man. and I would catch her. So it was it was cool, man. I I, I enjoyed it. Now I just got to start shooting out of the shooting out of it. So yeah, so we'll we'll work on that. Like uh, I'm trying to think. One of the things I had to get used to is because you're on that platform, you really don't have a wide base. You shoot with your feet basically next to each other. Mm. So that's one thing you can start practicing. But, you know, just getting comfortable two, three, four feet off the ground, that's where you start, right? Yeah. You don't need to climb 20 feet up before you. It was funny. My brother was watching me climb up in this tree and get on the on the platform. He's like, how do you shoot your, air, your, your, your bow out of this? I'm like, I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. I've never done it. So I'll yeah. figure it out and let you know. We'll uh, we'll practice on that. So yeah. it was cool, man. Good good weekend. Yeah, good so fun weekend. Thanks to uh, our buddies over tethered for supporting us and helping out with the show. If you guys are interested in saddle hunting, now is the time to go get on there and pick up your kit. Uh, if you have saddle hunted in the past, uh, congratulations, you've already made that huge step. But pull that stuff out, man. Make sure everything's still in good shape and your ropes are aren't afraid and, and everything's ready to go get your uh get comfortable again we really don't have that much longer we get july august september we're like almost 90 days i mean we're the home stretch man it's under 100 so, it's gotta I mean, be yeah july 4th like that for me like once july 4th hits it is it is a boat race to hunting season it goes it goes so fast yeah so gonna be good yep so big week for us Got a great interview today, Dustin Huff, June twenty fourth, Friday. This Friday, crazy. Don't show up drunk. I'm not. You're I, not. I'm not. We're gonna keep it together. See, I was supposed <laughs> to be in Oregon, and then uh, that trip got uh, canceled. And I was hoping I'd just like fly back and then drive back from the airport, and voila. But I'm here now, so yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm yeah. happy. Yeah. We'll be. Uh, Granville, Ohio, Granville Brewing Company. Meet and greet starts at 6. We're going to start the live show at 7 p.m. Kid-friendly. It is going to be outside. There's a fire pit there. It's really just just good good area to, to have uh, to have this little show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So bring your wife, bring your kids. Hide your kids. Hide, hide your, your wife. Yeah, there you go. Good time. Good beer. Going to be fun. Yes, it'll be good. And let's see. Uh, go wild. Are there... Uh, buddies there we've got the send it slam coming up here on july 9th down in louisville that's going to be their big party and we got two tickets to give away two tickets two tickets so Who's our guy paul let's pull up the magical excel sheet here with all of our enter entrance and random number generator 22 there it is and it is j j rush 
J Russ twenty five. Good for you. There you go. You'll hear. You'll get an email or smoke yeah. signal. Yeah. So we will. Uh, we'll touch base with you there. So congratulations, J Rush twenty five. Yep. Better use them. Don't flake out on us. Whoever you are. So absolutely. What else we got? We got. Uh, that's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Send it slam. Tickets still available. Four hour drive from Central Ohio. Gonna be fun. Yeah. And we've got the. Uh, we're gonna have Justin Ross come yeah. on and tell us about the archery hike down there in the Hocking Hills. So that's the weekend after. Uh, he'll be on. We're gonna have like a, a segment here after our intro. Yeah. And quick. Have, quick. Yeah. Quick hitter. So. Have him give you the the feedback on that. I'll tell you what, Paul, I was talking to Justin about his course, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's real easy to shoot at something from 40 yards away on a flat surface with nothing in the way, but when you're trying to shoot at that mule deer that's hiding behind a tree at, you know, 45 yards uphill, this I'm like, oh, boy. Insane. Not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. I'm going to lose every arrow I have, and I'm going to have to buy all new arrows. <laughs> it's going to be miserable. Yeah. I saw this. I saw a picture on Twitter of a tree with a V and there's like an elk target behind it. And there was like three dozen arrows just lying, just, in. just stuck in this tree. It had just been ripping through. So I, this reminds me of golfing, uh, kind of, and I've really bad luck when it comes to losing golf balls. And I hope it's not the same with arrows because we got two of these back to back weekends. There's not oh, enough. There's, yeah. There's no time. We can't rush arrows. <laughs> like call up <laughs> Seth at serious. Be like, Hey, rush those arrows now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That'd be cool. So, what else we got? Um, just some news from around the state. Did you see this thing? Oh man, where is it? The budget numbers. Yeah, the oh, capital the that. capital investment budget was introduced, I believe, for, for coming up for the for the next fiscal year, five hundred fifteen million dollars in the state of Ohio going to conservation efforts, infrastructure efforts within the Department of Natural Resources, Department of Wildlife, cabins, lodges, boat ramps, all of these all of these different things. That's that's uh that's a lot of money. That's a put, lot of money. It says yeah, a capital bu- budget fiscal years 23 and 24. Yeah. Okay, so that's two year two year capital. Okay. So, and I'm not sure if this is officially passed or is this one of those things they're kind of like floating the idea out there or not, but either way Five hundred fifteen million dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah, uh, I think I, I, I'm not. You know, I I think once this is introduced, um, things can change. You know, I, obviously projects or or whatever. But yeah, I think this is just uh, at this point has been introduced. Yeah, yeah. Unveiled the yeah they've unveiled this capital budget. So that'd be pretty good. Uh, the Rawa Recovering America's Wildlife Act that cleared the house. That's a ton of money. I mean, billions, tens of billions of dollars. That's federally. Oh, right. Federal. Okay. Yep. Cleared the house. Um, it had it. Ironically enough, it had a lot of support from both Democrats and Republicans. Um, I didn't know that uh, those guys could get along in Washington. I, I I didn't know that that was a possibility. Midterms are coming, Paul. We have exactly. To out yeah. How so that those works, assholes right? are just kissing and making up and and playing along. So I saw in the Senate that there in the Senate there were. 16 Democratic co-sponsors, 18 Republican co-sponsors, and one independent, which I'm assuming is Field of Burn, uh, was the one independent sponsor of the bill. Is he an independent, Bernie Sanders? I don't know. Yeah, probably. I think he is. I really don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't pay attention too much to that. So that'll be a big. That'll be interesting. I'd like to see how that uh, how that goes through. 
And you really hope when that much money is put towards or available for wildlife conservation programs around the state or around the country that that money is used wisely. Bingo. You, know, you, you hear so many of these, oh, yeah, we spend you know $14 trillion on, on poor help with you know, poor people or welfare people are still poor like where's all the money go you know <laughs> like what are we what are we doing you know we're, we're rebuilding bridges I, I haven't seen a single bridge rebuilt in, in ohio in 10 years so right i don't know hopefully they use it well so skeptical uh until proven otherwise so one of the other things i saw here was down at houston woods oh come on there it is. The new and improved Nature Center was in, unveiled at Houston Woods. Now, I've always had this this debate on w- if something can be new and improved, but we're just going to roll with it today. Yeah. It, it looks like it looks like a mini Bass Pro Shops. Yeah. All kinds of cool stuff in yeah. there. Yeah, uh, that's cool. But so that's another place that uh if you've never been out to Houston Woods, it's a nice little nature area there in Western Ohio. Uh what else we got, Paul? I don't think there's really anything anything fun to talk about. We had an awesome conversation this uh, just a couple of days ago with with Ohio native Zach Farenbaugh from the Hunting Public. This he's is our cool. yeah he's he's our our main guest for for today. So good dude. I you know we talked about it in the show like I had I had virtually given up on on, on air quotes here for people not you know hunting media. I hated it. I absolutely I I didn't consume any hunting media you know up until you know for probably like five or six years um it just wasn't for me it wasn't the type of hunting that i was doing and these guys popped up in 18 and i i heard about them uh they actually i think they started in 17 he said 2018 was their first turkey tour, turkey tour that was when i first started watching them was in 2018 on that turkey tour and i loved it so yeah and so i'm i'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard Zach on other podcasts are very familiar with him. This was something we didn't want. I don't want to talk to him about in-season scouting or how to find buck beds or anything like that. Like this no. is a pretty chill. I don't want to, I don't know if it's a BS session, but we, you know, he's we had just, some good questions. Yeah, yeah, but he's no, just a dude from, from Western Ohio that yep. got involved and started doing something. He's living his dream and, yeah. Uh, we just wanted to, wanted to hear the story, so that we, I thought it was pretty cool. We learned a lot about Zach, the Zach Farinball, the person, uh, in this episode. So really neat, gracious with his time, talked Very. to us for quite a bit. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. So yeah, good dude. Well, if that's all we got, I think uh, we'll we'll give us there. reviews. We haven't had a review on our on our Apple. I don't know how to check Android or Spotify, but Apple May Fourth was our last review. We need to give something away. Yeah. We do. What do we got? We got something to give away? Not right this second. No, I don't think we do. We got. We're gonna have to buy some stuff and, and give it away. Yeah, bribe you, bribe you suckers for for uh, for reviews on our <laughs> on our platforms and give you free shit. I was so. thinking about it the other day. I was on one of Dan Matthews' podcasts and talking about how we came to be. Um, and I was thinking when we get to that one year point, we're gonna have to find something good to give away. <laughs> Which really isn't that far away either, so. I know. This is episode 36. 36? 37. Episode 37. Jesus. Yeah. Man, it's happening quick. So. Yeah. So, anywho, that's all we got for uh, this week. I hope everybody is enjoying the heat and the the weather here in Ohio. Uh, it won't be long before we are getting out in those woods. 
Shooting little critters. Can't wait. Shooting Dustin critters. Huff, this so, Friday, this June Friday. 24th, Granville, Ohio, Central Ohio. Free beer, music. Best part? The big, you, the big deer? No. Oh. I was going to say you and I, but oh, of course. no one gives a shit about us. <laughs> it's that big-ass deer. I can't wait. I, we saw it at the open season. That thing is a yeah. specimen. I mean, it is. Obviously, it's the biggest deer ever shot. Like, you just look at that, and you're like, "There's, that's amazing. That's, that's absolutely amazing. That's crazy. So I hope to see everybody out there. Uh, Have a great week, and we'll talk soon. See you guys. Bye. All right. So we've got uh, Mr. Justin Ross and uh, from the Archery Hike. Justin, how are you today? Good, good. Good to talk to you guys again. Yeah, welcome back. Round two, man, for the the show. So there's only a few people that have been on. I've been on twice. Uh, Gage Hall. Tony Peterson, uh, yeah. Justin Ross. Yeah. Rarefied air, man. <laughs> Great. You've Rarefied made it. You've air. made it in life now. Yeah. Number two, best number all. <laughs> all right. So we got, we got archery hike coming up. We've been talking about it. So we're, we're a little, little over a month out or actually just, yeah, a little under a month out. So it is, yeah, it is crunch time, man. So, so Justin, give us uh tell us one, what archery hike is two why you started it. And three, what people can look forward to uh, here coming up in a few weeks. All right. Well, Archery Hike is kind of a culmination of a lot of things I've done in the past. Um, as you guys know, and some of your listeners know, I run Farmers and Hunters Feeding the Hungry around Central Ohio. And I've been doing that for 15 plus years, um, raising money for them, doing banquets with Whitetails Unlimited and so forth to, to raise a lot of money for conservation. Um, I always used to shoot 3D archery, and I had an opportunity to, to create a 3D archery event, and that turned into Archery Hike. Um, it's going to be, as you guys, you know, I appreciate you guys talking about it. It's going to be down in Logan here, July 15, 16, 17, throughout the weekend. And, um, yeah, it's just going to be a fun 3D archery event. Uh, it's not your typical walk in the woods, as I, as I say. It's going to be uphill and downhill and, you know, traversing over over creeks or through creeks and through valleys and it's going to be a workout it's uh our hope is to create this real life situation um with these 24 targets that'll put you in that that real life situation of making double long shots and um really testing your abilities so you say it's the 15th 16th and 17th but you don't have to come every day right this is something you can come one day two days three days that's correct. Yeah, we, I've got, um, essentially, if you register on archeryhike.com or you could get a hold of me at archeryhike at gmail.com to get registered. And you can register for one day, two day, or three days. I do have I do have a handful of two-day shooters right now. Um, but yeah, the, the course is essentially open all day for you. If, you. if you register, you get to shoot it as much as you want. Um, let's say Saturday, it's open from 8 to 5. Uh, we'll be opening up, you know, seven o'clock, getting people through and, you know, in, in to start shooting on the practice range. But yeah, you could shoot the, the course. I think it's, it's a mile and a quarter, roughly um, about 300 feet of elevation gain. So it is going to be a little bit of a workout. Um, that's the hiking part. And, but I think you could probably get through it in, in a couple hours. Um, my idea was, is I want people to, to have fun and be able to test their abilities. And that's, that means go through it a couple times. So once you're registered, 
hike it if you want to run to logan and eat it's three miles away you can go eat if you want i'll have snacks and some refreshments there um but if you want to go get a meal in logan then come right back and you know spend the whole day there if you want and just shoot um but so yeah you don't have to come both days so or, or all three days. what what should somebody plan on bringing <clears throat> and what i what i mean is how many arrows do we need to bring in case we start losing them uh well there's 24 targets so you tell me they're gonna have there's not gonna be any chip shots um that is a question oh come on give me give me one <laughs> they, they, they people ask how far are these shots gonna be and and I think right now the max shot is probably going to be a full body elk about 75 yards uphill. It's not going to be an easy shot, um, but it's also a full body elk. So you should be able to take out an elk's lungs at 75 yards. Don't, um, don't, and, uh, don't overestimate my abilities. Justin. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the shorter shots probably going to be in that 30, 35 range and it'll be a standing Turkey. So it'll be a smaller target. Um, again, but the whole idea is to have fun. I want you to test your abilities. But if you don't feel comfortable with the shot, just move up closer and shoot what you're comfortable for. If, if that 75-yard shot uphill is too far, walk up the hill and shoot it at 20. I, I don't care. Just, I just move, want you move to up to the ladies' tee, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice golf reference there. Uh, <laughs> so so you got a bow raffle. What's that? Uh, what's going on with that? Yeah, each each everybody that registers is automatically in the drawing for a brand new Matthews V3. Um, I got it sitting actually right here behind me in the office, and that's part of your registration, uh, as well as you get an archery hike, uh, an archery hike piece of merchandise. It'll come come with that registration as well. Um, I think that that provides a pretty good value for people to come out and. You know, just enjoy Hawking Hills anyways because it's beautiful country, but obviously getting some exercise, flinging some arrows, and have a chance at winning, a, you know, a brand-new V3. Can you buy more raffle tickets, or is it just one entry with? Uh, for the bow, it'll be one entry. Okay. You'll get one entry with your registration, but we will have the practice range with some bag targets that Whitetails Unlimited is going to be running, and they'll be selling raffle tickets, probably have a couple different styles of shots, uh, where you could get extra raffle, raffle tickets, we've got a we've got a fair amount of stuff to raffle off. Um, so it, that that'll be happening on the practice range, um, as well on the practice range with the bag targets. If you know people want to shoot tic tac toe or whatever, play you know tic tac toe with arrows or whatever, they can do that. But yeah, we'll have additional raffles um, for Whitetails Unlimited at the practice range. I don't know if you said it, but what does it cost to register? Fifty dollars per day. Yep, per day. If you're a two day shooter, it's actually ninety bucks. So you save ten dollars as a two day shooter. Gotcha. And so, if, is it is it a family event? Like, if I was to bring my wife and kids, is there something for them to do while I'm doing the thing, or is that something like I send them to Logan to find something to do? Um, they could go with you. I've actually okay. got. I, I've actually had probably ten different people contact me and ask me about. Hey, could could our kids come along or wives? That you know, girlfriends. They don't shoot, but they want to come along and get some exercise. And heck yeah, yeah, bring them along. They can enjoy just being out hiking the hills. Um, get their heart pumping a little bit too when their husband or boyfriend gets mad because he can't make that shot. You know. <laughs> good, good deal. So. We're going to lose so many arrows. So, I know it's going to be, I'm, I'm actually in my, I'm thinking in my mind, I just bought a bunch of like serious arrows and they're, they're kind of expensive and I don't, I don't want to lose them in your woods. I feel like I need so, to put another order in right gonna, now. So yeah. they're ready. Uh, screw so that. I'm going to go out and buy the cheapest. Shot. 
What's I'm that? so excited for one shot because, like I said, I want to put all these targets will be real life situations. We got a, an electrical cut. It's gonna, you know, have an animal up in the electrical cut, and then these deep valleys that are kind of they're not really muddy. They're kind of dry now, but but you know, just where you'd find hogs, you know, down in in these valleys, you know, in the mud, and it's it's gonna be really fun. Oh man, I can't wait. Do we need to bring rangefinder, or is that yeah, you have a marked up? So I, I would, guys have asked us again, binoculars, range finders, whatever you feel comfortable that you would take in a real life hunting situation, I would bring with you. If that's a backpack, if it's, um, you know, good, good footwear, you're going to want good footwear because you're going to be hiking up and down hills. Uh, you, you, you know, you don't want to hurt your rolling ankle or something. So yeah, but yes, binoculars, range finders will help for sure. Can Paul bring his saddle and get situated in a tree prior to each shot? The answer is 100% yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to go ahead and answer that for you. It'll take me six hours to get up. Uh, uh, but, man, you will trees. have that thing down. You will be ready to go. No kidding. No kidding. Justin, where can people find you? Uh, <clears throat> go to archeryhike.com, uh, or you can email me at archeryhike at gmail.com, and I'll get right back to you. Get with me on Facebook, Archery Hike, Instagram, uh, Archery Hike as well. Um, I would get back to everybody as fast yeah. as I can. So we, we hope to see everybody out there. It's going to be a fun event. We, we did miss one very important uh, piece of this and, and kind of why you're doing the archery hike. You're, you're making contributions to two organizations. What are those, what are those organizations? Yeah. Like I mentioned at the practice range, Whitetails Unlimited will be doing raffles there, raising money um, for giveaways. And then there'll be a donation going back to farmers and hunters feeding the hungry um after the event with part of the proceeds from the event which which i should tell you too i know we had talked prior but to give you those updated totals um for the end of the year for 2021 into 22 uh statewide for farmers and hunters feeding the hungry uh, we're actually finishing our fiscal year right now but it's looking about 68,500 pounds of donated wow. meat that's incredible uh, past season. And, and, and so that that's a lot uh, but to think of it in meals, it's roughly 274,000 meals uh, yeah. in one one year from all of us hunters. Man, so, that's wild. It's yeah. awesome. Everybody donate, and we love you. It's uh, You're feeding a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that website, what is that? What's the website for farmers and hunters feeding the hungry? That is fhfh.org. There you go. Good deal. You can get on there, find find butchers in your area, chapter coordinators, all the contact information, and and you know or or email us and we'll get you you know any answers you need awesome justin thanks for coming on man thanks for putting this event on i can't wait to get down there Looking on forward to on it. friday what times it start on fridays it started 8 a.m on friday 10 to 6 on friday 10 to 6 people be working uh we'll have it open people will be registering probably nine shooting you know on the practice range but yeah 10 to 6 the course will be open and like I said, with your registration, it's all yours for the, the whole time that, that it's open for the day. Come and go as you, as you please. Awesome. Justin, thanks for your time, man. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate guys. it. Take care. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast tonight. We have... Uh, very special guest, uh, Pride of Ohio, probably. I'm not gonna lie. Next to Neil Armstrong, the be- the biggest name to come out of out of Wapakoneta. So, uh, we've got Zach Farenbaum from the Hunting Public. Welcome, Zach. How are you tonight? Uh, doing great. 
Thank you. How are you guys? Doing good, man. Living the dream. It's yeah. it. We got that kind of lull, as we talked about the other day, of whatever, June, kind of getting geared up for some archery shoots, and then... Uh, Obviously, deer season coming in the fall. It's also it's also the it's been in the nineties two days in a row, which I'm not I'm not happy about. So nasty here. So well, Zach, you know I think most people, if they're not familiar with you, uh, do you want to give a a brief introduction or just start uh, nailing you with questions here? Uh, Yeah, I'll do a brief introduction. I'm Zach Farnball from Wapakoneta, Ohio. I guess uh, part of the hunting public, we started making YouTube videos in 2017 and really just like traveling around. I I mean, the short version is just really like traveling around, hunting new areas, um, hunting public land, and yeah, I mean, making videos about it, having fun. (laughs) Hunting's my favorite thing to do. (laughs) So that's my intro. (laughs) That now that 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 works for me. So I, I have to ask, like. How did the hunting public just become? I mean, was it? I mean, you and Aaron obviously, like, you guys worked at what was it, Midwest Whitetails or something like that. So, yep. what? How? How did you and Aaron and Greg and just kind of that that original core of THP? How did you guys meet each other? So, when we worked at Midwest Whitetail, there was Midwest Whitetail office, and uh, we were working for Bill Winky, and there was there was like uh, just a group of guys always working in that office together. And we were always hunting together, you know, when we, when we had the time, we all got time to hunt at Midwest Whitetail and we got to like film each other. Um, we did a lot of editing there. So we'd sit like long hours, like trying to edit as much as we could at night, trying to get ahead. So that way we could go hunting and, um, you know, Bill always let us go together and create our own content too. So we started doing public land videos and, I guess Aaron started doing public land videos like 2012 probably. And then I came along in 2015 as an intern and just really enjoyed that atmosphere. Like it was kind of the dream situation for me. I'd always been really into editing hunts and hunting with my buddies and just meshed well with those guys. And we were just having a blast. So I basically just pestered Bill until he gave me a a full-time job there. Once I got done with my internship, I went home for a couple months and came up with like several different ideas um, to kind of create my own position there and just kept proposing these ideas to Bill. And finally, um, finally, he, he, he gave in, <laughs> gave me, gave me a job and, um, you know, we worked together, um, but all those guys in the office and we continued doing that public land thing and it just kept, um, becoming more and more, I guess, uh, we felt like there was just an opportunity there where nobody was, I shouldn't say nobody, there wasn't very many um, people hunting public land that was kind of, uh, and just trying to relate to as many people as possible, right? If, if you can, if you're hunting public land, you're hunting land that anybody can hunt. So we just tried to uh, relate, I guess, and then, uh, eventually just decided we were going to do it ourselves and just wanted to do YouTube and started doing YouTube and we had no idea if it was going to work or not. Um, I think, I think originally we had talked about like how we were going to film weddings and stuff during the summer to make enough money to keep going hunting. And 
it ended up just really working out that it kind of took off. And I mean, forever thankful for the opportunity at Midwest Whitetail because that's that's kind of how we got a little bit of a jump start. You know, it it uh, we were making videos, public land videos there, and then when we went to YouTube, a lot of people just kind of followed it from there straight to YouTube, and that's how we kind of got a jump. So. You know, Midwest Whitetail is what brought us all together. And you'll, you'll hear us talk about a lot of friends, too, that we also have through Midwest Whitetail, like Eric Barber, John Lewis, um, oh, who else? Sam Soholt, Lake Pickle. Like, those are all guys that are in the industry. And there's tons more. There's tons more, really. Um, all, it, it, it was really awesome how that brought so many people together. And that's how it got started. Because we're all from different parts of the country, like, I'm from Ohio, Jake's from Wisconsin, Aaron's from Missouri, Greg's from Nebraska, Ted's from Iowa. Um, so that's kind of how that all came together. So you guys definitely hit that niche, right, with the public land thing. I mean, it's you were hunting public before it was cool, right? And, and now, yeah. uh, you know, that's what everybody's – their goal is to get out there and do what you guys do. I shouldn't say everybody. There's a lot of people. But coming from Wapakoneta – I'm pretty familiar with that area, and there's not a lot of public land up there, right? And that's a lot of agriculture, and and you know, to for me, when I'm driving around, if I see a deer up there, that's a big deal. Uh, so, before you got to the Midwest whitetail stuff, how, did you grow up in a hunting family? Is this, uh, you know, you come? Did you have good access to land up there, um, or is it something you just kind of went with? I'll tell you my whole situation. So when I was real real little like before i even remember i was interested in hunting and was showing interest in hunting like my mom has these pictures of me holding up her curling iron like a gun and i'm like tiny tiny you know i'm super you know and uh, i remember my dad coming back from bow hunting he'd be super excited about hearing the stories and um you know i can still like replay those stories that he told me you know even even if it's been i mean I'm sure there's some stories that I remember that he hadn't told me for 20 years, you know, and it's just like, I remember the details of it because I was so interested in it. Um, both of my grandpas hunted as well. They were big influences. Um, I started shooting five years old and started going squirrel hunting with my grandpa on my mom's side. And we, started squirrel hunting shooting then we started going turkey hunting then we started going deer hunting and the first i don't know how many years really three or so years i didn't shoot anything i just missed a lot of things and and what i was doing was is i was always going back so i i grew up in western ohio but i told you guys before we started my grandparents live in eastern or central ohio so I'd always kind of travel anyway every week. My, my grandpa's got 160 acres there, and then um, just anything else that, that we could hunt, you know, just like some occasionally a small property here and there. Um, I started hunting on a place that um, my grandpa at the time, my grandparents at the time were renting in a house, and when they rented that house, the guy that owned the property behind him let us hunt. So that's where my some of my first hunts, like squirrel, deer, turkey were. And then when I was nine, I shot a deer finally after, again, missing several times. 
and then got a turkey when I was 10. And then we lost permission to hunt that, uh, that spot that we had, um, or my grandpa was renting. He moved away from there. They moved. I didn't, uh, I didn't have permission to hunt there. So when I was like 11, we started hunting public land and we would just travel, especially during turkey season, like a hundred percent during turkey season, because back in Western Ohio, we just didn't have permission anywhere where there were turkeys and in most of the County, there just weren't in surrounding counties. It's just, I mean, <laughs> not a lot of turkeys over there. So we would travel hunt public land from the time I was 11 until, you know, now I have always hunted public land for Turkey. Um, and then a lot of times during the weekends when I was growing up, we would go hunt, um, over by my grandpa's property, um, like throughout middle school, high school, bow hunting there. So then I went to college and I went and was able to hunt a whole bunch more public land, both here in Turkey. I could all of a sudden turkey hunt like way more than I ever have been able to. When I was, when I was in college, I managed, <laughs> I, I don't know how I pulled this off, but I managed to get real average grades, but got a ton of hunting and fishing in. And uh, I would like schedule classes so that a couple days of the week, I'd have to start class at like 10. Like that's as much as I could push it, but I could still hunt at least till nine, you know, get a good morning hunt in nine ish, nine thirty, And I'd bust it back. And I'd, uh, then also, I guess, I think it was at one point that was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I had till 10. And then the other two days, I didn't start till like 1230. So I could hunt the entire morning. So I just went from bare, you know, really only being able to turkey hunt a couple of days um on the weekends throughout the season to all of a sudden i'm going basically the whole season and um that was really cool i i really value that time a lot did you go to school um, for like the digital whatever and all that kind of stuff? yeah well, i kind of went to school to drink beer for a while and i didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what i was doing honestly i told people all the time like i just all i want to do is edit you know, go hunting and edit a YouTube video. I mean, that's no kidding what I wanted to do. And I didn't know how to do it. You know, there's no major that says like, go, go, uh, kill deer and then film it. and edit it. (laughs) So when, when, when your dad's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I want to shoot deer and film it and edit hunting. Yeah. I want to make you just like, was he like, Oh my God, he's going to live with us his entire life. No, (laughs) you know, it's, it is weird because there is, um, there's a time where apparently my dad said he got a call from my guidance counselor when I was in high school and it's like, Hey, like, you know, you should talk to Zach about like, like picking a realistic career. Cause he's talking about wanting to do this. It's, it's funny when you hear him tell the story, you know, but basically she said like, he's got to get serious about picking a career and he can't just like want, want to make, you know, hunting shows or whatever, whatever it was, I was calling it at that hunting shows <laughs> right uh, did you go my to dad's co- just, did you go to college in ohio yeah i went to ohio university oh so you're so, right down there in, in wayne national and you had all the land around you right I, I all of a sudden it went from no public land to living in the dream world like i just run out run out and hunt hunt deer in 10 minutes i could be you know 
I mean, just all over the place in Turkey too. And it was, it was so fun to explore that stuff. At the time I didn't have map, like I didn't have phone maps. I didn't have a smartphone until I, until I graduated college, <laughs> which was 2015. So I didn't have like a phone map. I was just out there running wild, like, you know, looking at Google earth, uh, like crazy when I was in my dorm or at home. And, um, I did so. I did go to school to answer your question earlier. Um, I I went to school for like media, media, outdoor recreation, and geography. And how that works is, I combined those three majors and and officially a bachelor of specialized studies with areas of focus in media, outdoor rec, and geography. YouTuber sounds easier, right? Than, yeah, than that I mean, mouthful, right. <laughs> It's what they called. It's what they called. Make your own major. Build your own major. So, um, true story. I spent two years in Athens, and I have a very special place in my heart. For the, those two were, years were wonderful. I don't remember all of it, but <laughs> well, I don't. I unfortunately don't remember a lot of it. But what is it? What yeah. is it, the, the burrito buggy? Is that yes. the staple yeah. down there? Yeah, I mean, Court Big Street. Mom, yeah, that I went to all the time. I was at Big Mama's all the time. Oh. Yeah. Start drinking spears late at night. Go get your burrito. Oh, Done deal. Good. Wake up the next morning, go hunt some turkeys. You know what? Though I had... Fishing, too. Sorry to cut you off. I, I I loved fishing down there. I mean, there are so many, so many good fishing opportunities. And, and honestly, in college, I spent as much time fishing, probably in the grand scheme of it, as much or more time fishing for smallmouth and, and bass in general um, as I did hunt. I mean, I hunted a ton still, but like I had a lull of deer hunting when I was in college too. So that's kind of an, kind of an interesting little story I would say, but did you have a question? You can tell that interesting story if you want. I'm, I'm all ears. My man. question was, it wasn't a question as much as I had, as the, the same time I was at OU, I had a buddy over at Hocking, right? It's just down the road yeah. over in Nelsonville. And at that point in my life, I hadn't been exposed to turkey hunting, just getting into deer hunting, that kind of stuff. So I didn't take advantage of Athens on that end like you did. Uh, but yeah. I, I remember, I'll never forget the story. But I remember he called me the one day and said that somebody on his floor had just gotten thrown out of school for shooting at a turkey out of the dorm room at, at Hawking. So, um, and, and that was 20-some years ago. But uh, nowadays that would probably be a whole nother issue but if that was like a place that was gonna happen that would be a knocking you yeah. know but well, well i used to go up to hawking a lot and hang out there so i uh i had a one of my best friends brad he uh, he's my friend from high school he went up to hawking and we were 15 minutes apart we hunted together ton, and we still do hunt together um, when i go back to ohio but um, that's awesome yeah i spent a lot of time up there also also drinking beer up there <laughs> 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 so why the i want to know why the why the law of deer hunting uh in college um so it kind of got to a point where i was hunting so i was hunting more public land but i was also just watching too much too much hunting media yeah this is honestly one of the main reasons that i feel like I, we became as a group interested in um, doing what we're doing become more relatable because we were watching hunting media at the time. All of it, all of us at one point or another kind of went through somewhat of a similar lull to this, but all of us at PHP. But for me in college, me and my friend Ben, who um, I, he 
he's also uh, a friend of mine that lives in Ohio. They've been on. They've been on the show. They've been on the YouTube shows. Yeah. Yeah. Ben and Keith and and then Alex, three brothers that I've been friends with. They're my oldest friends. I've been friends with them since my dad and their dad are like best friends from high school. Anyway, um, Ben and I were hunting a lot together and we were just watching so much hunting media that was making us chase the big buck. And like, I remember passing bucks on public land that we should have been passing. And we were hunting at my grandpa's property a lot and playing everything super safe. Like, um, you know, hunt, hunting the edge, hunting the fringe, like not trying to get too, too nosy and get in the bedding area, like sit back was kind of the, the approach. And, and I felt like a lot of media was telling you that, you know, you're watching like, at the time, Midwest Whitetail, Growing Deer, um, anything on the Outdoor Channel is all just like food plots and sit back and, and play it safe. And like for four, for eh, probably about three years, we did that. And it got to a point where I remember having a serious conversation with Ben in the tree stand. Like, should we just stop doing this? Like, I'm sick of deer hunting because like this isn't fun anymore. And kind of like started deciding like I've got I'm gonna just have to change it up and have to start doing you know something because I don't like it as much as I should and I'm liking on the other hand I'm liking turkey hunting like crazy just more and more and more it's like I'm 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 so in love with turkey hunting and I can't figure out why I mean it's a whole progress this is a whole progression to get to now but um I always just like turkey hunting way better anyway and fishing, honestly, is getting definitely to a point where fishing was more fun. I was still spending a lot of time deer hunting, but fishing was more fun. And uh, I ended up uh, then moving to Iowa because I got an internship with Midwest Whitetail. And I remember going out there and thinking, like, I'm never going to, and this is held true, I'm never hunting, I'm never hunting private land again. I'm hunting public land for the rest of my life for deer and turkey because I don't know if that, you know, maybe when I'm older, I'll, I'll hunt more private land. I don't know. I should say never, but like, I want to be done with it and started working there, started hunting public land, started getting more out of it more of the adventure that I really was seeking, not just, you know, always finding these, like, just, you know, just not just trying to find stuff that wasn't the most obvious stuff, you know what I mean? And, and not also not worrying about a huge buck either. Like just decided like, you know, everything's going to, everything about how I approach this is going to change. I started hunting with Aaron and then just started learning a lot from what he had been doing and what he had been learning. And just, man, I mean, really, really started to fall back in love with deer hunting again to the point where like, I eventually got to the point, I guess, where I started hunting on the ground and then that really took it a whole nother level further of like, now I think of deer and turkey hunting as equal, where in the past I thought that turkey hunting was way better than deer hunting. I still love them both a ton more than anything. I couldn't compare them. I couldn't pick one. You add pronghorn and elk in the mix and I couldn't pick one, but um, I love hunting in general. Big, big game stuff, you know know at least um, so that that really was that was that was the law and that's how i got in a quick form 
<laughs> so so when you're at, when you're at Midwest Whitetail and you you know something just clicks, you're like I'm never never hunting private property again. Was it because like you were just just you thought that it was too easy? Um, no. Or you just thought that like oh. it's just not it's not me, man. It's not what speaks to me. Like was it a, a very personal decision, or was there you know, outside influence, you know, the outdoor channel and all these things that just had kind of turned you off in general? Or are you just like this is what this is what I am a pup. Just I like the challenge. I like the I like to roam. No, I, I, that's a great question. That's a great question. It, it wasn't that public private land is too easy. I was stripping big time on private land because I was trying to do what I was seeing on TV on small property that I didn't have full control of. Like my grandpa still had control of it from the standpoint of like, um, like how how certain things were, how, um, how deer managed. And, you know, it, it was, and we, and we had, and we started getting into the food plot thing and it just became this such a passive form of hunting. And really that's what, that's also what my grandpa likes. My grandpa likes to sit and watch deer. So I kind of started to, to follow that influence as well, but was taking it a step further too, because I'm watching this on, every every media source that i'm watching it's just like like youtube youtube videos or you know whatever whatever you can find online at the time of just guys shooting these gigantic bucks off a food plot sitting on 10 times that year and seeing you know a dozen plus deer every time and it's just like i'm i'm trying to do that and it's just going backwards and i'm just like not doing anything productive now on the side what's really interesting though that's all like personal stuff too like that's all me and ben hunting but i'm also doing a bunch of other stuff um throughout all this where i'm hunting like back home around wapkinetta with my buddies and we're and a lot of times then i'm filming so we're getting like way more aggressive doing that stuff but every time i kind of go back over to my grandpa's i just kind of keep getting it dumbed down to work not having as much fun and i just keep choosing to you know not hunt aggressively and realize that was what was happening you know i <laughs> just realized that i was playing everything super safe and i was just bored i was just bored as hell i didn't want to start anymore and not see you know not have action and then you know we started hunting public land and we just added adventure to it like i was seeing something different it was exciting i was learning more stuff where i had just got to a point where i'd been you know hunting other areas too i'm certainly not exclusively hunting my grandpa's but i was hunting it the most you know uh, and it just i guess that's that's where i got it was it was and that's 280 acre blocks that's what i was hunting in um, on my grandpa's property but then yeah it, i mean really started to take take off when I started hunting public land and I, I I really man at this point I just don't have any interest in going back to being confined I don't like to be too confined even on even on public land if the pieces are too small it's like you know it's hard for me <laughs> so so when you're when you guys are all down at Midwest Whitetail and in the back of your mind you guys all have the same idea that you know there's this is an underserved kind of segment of the of the hunting entertainment hunting industry who was the first one that like approached the subject? Like who was the first one's like, Matt, I've had enough. This is all what I'm doing. Was it you or was it, was it one of the other guys or was it just kind of like you just sitting around one day and you're like, you know what? 
this is the direction I think I want to go. How, how, it, how did that come about? That's just a long evolution of it. You know, we started hunting together um, 2015, the three of us. Now, again, Aaron had been doing this uh, for a while and Greg had started getting into the public land too. And then uh, I feel like when I came along and Michael Prente was also an intern and we still there yeah sorry i I, one of our internet's fuzzed out so we'll have to i heard michael and then that was it you started cutting out so okay so so michael parente and i we started doing everything with warb in 2015 like that's most of when we were interns and that was hunting the public land and filming that whole kind of series and and then team Warb and I started going uh, turkey hunting on the road. Like we started traveling, we went to Mississippi, we went to Arkansas, Missouri, um, Wyoming, and then we hunted Iowa as well. So we we started kind of getting into that public land, going to these new areas, and all of a sudden it's like, dude, this is like, this is what I want to do. Like we got to find a way to do this, and we just kind of continued to talk about it. But then, you know, it just it just kind of, um, I guess it had just kind of got to a point where it was like, we're going to have to make some sort of change. Um, a lot of our friends had left and kind of like took different routes. Because at one point, there was a lot of people working at Midwest Whitetail. You know, there was be like 10 people in the office between interns and full-time employees. And then all of a sudden, it's like there's only a few full-time employees left, me, Aaron, and Greg. And it was just like, man, like, you know, at some point, you know, we should just, if we're going to do it, we should just try it. We just did it. And like I said, didn't really have, didn't have it. I felt like there was always a place there personally, like where it should be successful if we work hard at it. But, you know, it's always a risk and we, we risk it. And luckily, you know, people, people wanted to, to see something that was, more relatable and we try to forever be as relatable as possible that's like for sure my number one goal is i just don't want people to um i guess think that you know we're just we're just trying to get views or clicks or whatever it's like that's why we like to travel man that's that's our favorite thing now there's always places that you like to go and you know go you know, different areas, like I really enjoy hunting, like the Midwest, you know, the open country in the Midwest. That's new to me, so it's super fun. I love spotting and stalking, but I also love going back into solid timber and just hunting, you know, back in the east, Appalachian Mountains and stuff like that. That's all super fun to me. And, you know, I don't know even really where I'm going at this point. I'm kind of rambling now. <laughs> so, no, keep 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 it. I, so, how, how do you, like, just... I mean, you guys are as big as they get in this in this hunting, and I don't even know what to call it, industry, entertainment. But, I mean, you guys – and I'm just going to give you just kind of like a little – like just kind of a snapshot of, of where I was. 
I've I started hunting in hunting in two thousand seven, eight, nine, somewhere somewhere in that time frame. I've hunted public land ever since that time. And it's not because I'm some righteous public land warrior, but it's just because I, I don't have access and I've always had a hang up about asking people for access on their property. So if I've hunted a thousand times, I've hunted twice, three times on private property. You know, so it's a very um it's very kind of a special thing for me, you know, when I when I do get to do it. And you know, I would watch those TV shows on Outdoor Channel and Sportsman's channel or network, whatever the hell it was called. And, and, um, I would watch these guys and I'm not, I'm not bashing anyone, but you know, I'd watch Lee and Tiffany and I'd watch the Drury's and I'd watch all these shows. And then I would go to my public land spot in Benton County, Ohio. And I'm like, this is not Iowa. <laughs> like, I can't find a food plot anywhere, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just, so I, I just stopped consuming that stuff. I mean, it wrecked me on hunting, you know, very, I think so many people went through that same thing. Yeah. Because we, you know, it's just as hunters, we don't have, a lot of us don't have the time, the money, the resources, the drive to go out and put in the effort that it takes to grow these massive deer and to own these huge pieces of property. Yeah. And I, it just really kind of soured me on hunting for, for a lot of years. And, and it was funny, man. I got, I, I was just talking to a buddy of mine and he was, he was telling me about, about you guys. I think it was your first turkey tour. So what was that 18? 2018? Yep. First, yeah. First turkey tour. And he's like, "Oh yeah, no, it's the it's the it's the guy from from Spring Thunder and some guy with long hair. You should check it out." I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay." <laughs> like all they do is is hunt public. Yeah, I can. And and I watched it, and then you guys didn't kill anything. I'm like, I know this. I know this feeling, not killing anything. I just walk 14 miles, you know, up and down hills. So you guys kind of brought me back into that fold, man. Made you know started, you know, I started to believe a little bit in the hunting entertainment industry, and you know, I started to feel like you know it's it's okay to not pound 180 inch deer every year and uh-huh. kill double bearded turkeys every time you go out in this beautiful pasture you know so you guys like really you know you may be a better turkey hunter man so i so i, I do appreciate that but so yeah. you you've kind of gone through like this this second or third or fourth i don't know what evolution for you but you know maybe turkeys weren't as important to you and like your your priorities started to shift to to you know elk or antelope. So like, where where are you at now? Like in that evolution, where where have you gone? Um, I would say, I mean, I guess I feel like I should first start by talking about the ground interest because that's really unique, I think, um, and just in kind of the the motivation for that, I suppose, is like the, the fi- when I finally found the 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 videos for me, if you will, was when I found Whitetail Adrenaline. I started watching DVDs at Eric Barber's house when I was working at Midwest Whitetail in like 2015. I was like, dude, this is it. Like, this is insane. I can't, like, and I had heard about it briefly from some friends, but I never actually spent the money on it. I was spending all my money on, you know, going hunting or beer or whatever. <laughs> and, and, I'm watching this white tail adrenaline and I'm like, this is awesome. And they're doing all this ground stuff. And I start trying to figure out like how they're actually doing this. Like how, like, you know, up to this point, I've only stationary hunted deer. I've never still hunted. I've never stopped. And it's like, how are they even doing this at all? And I kind of just got to a point where it's like the only way to start to learn is just start trying so in 2016, I started hunting on the ground a little bit, and that was still at Midwest Whitetail. And 
with the ghillie suit and um, was pretty stationary still. And then 2017 came along and um, well, 2016 then I guess I ended up I ended up just kind of going back to my old ways when I started having time to hunt during the rut. Bill, I was filming Bill that season, um, like the whole season until he tagged out. And then he tagged out and I got to go with Aaron, a whole bunch. And Aaron had tagged out too. Um, so I was able to get with him, me, and occasionally I was hunting with um, some of the interns as well. And ended up shooting a buck out of a tree stand in 2016 with, with my buddy Corey, who was an intern, and kind of just went back to the old comfortable ways, you know. But by the end of 2016, I was burnt on it. Like, I hated it. I was carrying that damn muddy tree stand with the sticks. And, like, honestly, we did, we did that, and a lot of our group did that all the way up until, I don't know, whenever, whenever we started using saddles. But, dude, I did not like that. Carrying those stands was so brutal to me. And, and then it just wear you out, then you'd sit all day. And that gets boring mentally, like it just drains you. And then you carry all that crap back out, and then you go back and do it the next day, day in, day out. The end of 2016, I was burnt with tree stands. So going into 2017, I was like, I really want to take this way more seriously. And I still use tree stands a little bit more, you know, a little bit that year. And then ended up killing a buck off the ground with Jay, which is, uh, he's this one right here. Oh, oh, nice. And That's good deer. That was, that was 2017, and um, that was the first one, like, kind of got the ball rolling. It was like, okay, we can do this. We can kill deer off the ground. And went to Nebraska the next year, got one, had, like, spotted and bedded and, and docked him and, like. With your bow, right? Stuff. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. 19 yards, like, I'll never forget. I mean, this is the first, that's the first what I call here stock I ever where I straight up spotted the buck in the bed and uh, just crawled right in there to him and got him as soon as he stood up and, like and changed that changed like a lot for me because all of a sudden it's like dude this is it this bring like it brings out some intensity to that um, I've been missing I guess to a certain degree like uh you know, and stalking deer and the intensity of the physical, like, aspect of it. We have to be super focused and you have to be tough. You got to be mentally tough. I don't, you know, you're going to get a cactus in your hand. You're going to, you know, get your knees on rocks and it's going to hurt like hell. But, like, if you mess up one tiny little bit, like, it's over. So you can't mess up. You just got to mentally stay in the game and, and, uh, I mean, anybody can stalk. They're mentally tough, in my opinion. But being, you know, being in good shape helps. So, um, I guess why it changed my life is I feel like it just made me super motivated to continue to get in better shape and just, you know, continue to be an active deer hunter. And after 2018, I, I think I've honestly only ever been in a tree a handful of times. And most of those times is with most of those times is when I'm filming. <laughs> like I, I, I really don't, I have for the last two seasons, I haven't hunted out of a degree at all. Personally, like when I'm the one with the tag, and the bow, I've never, I haven't done it at all. And that's everywhere. Like it doesn't matter where I'm, I'm, I'm into that. It makes it fun. And honestly, 
it's not for everybody. Um, I don't think that everybody really would want to do that. But for me, I want to do that. I just, it, it's so fun. And I also love, if, if I got to be completely honest, I love when people say you can't do that. Like, you can't do that here. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to try my ass off now that you said that. Like, I'm really going to try because I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that you can't do anything. And I also kind of, I, I guess, let's put it this way. It, it still fell into the same huh, same deal kind of as, as what I was seeing when I was in college. Is everything was still that you have to hunt deer out of a tree stand. Who's te- Why? Like, who made that rule? You know, and... It fires me up really to this day because it's like for a while I felt like I really had to kind of push back on that and just like ignore what people were saying because I, I know I fired some people up the other way where they're like, well, you can't do like you're not allowed. You don't, you're going to ruin it. You're going to ruin public land. And like, wow, I obviously don't believe that's true at all. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just really what works for me. It's super fun. And I like, I do like the challenge of that. And, there's so many pros and cons. I mean, I could talk about hunting on the ground for so long, but um, yeah, that really, that kind of really got me interested in it. And then I started elk hunting and pronghorn hunting and um, elk hunting. I mean, honestly, elk hunting is the best. Like that's, that's where it's at. Um, so many people say that I love turkey hunting. That's my favorite. And everyone's like, Oh, well you've never hunted elk. Yeah. And I, I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't say that I really like anything more than the other because at the end of the day, I it really would be super hard for me to pick. I'd have to really think on it. I, I don't know, and, and luckily I should never have to. But um, you know, elk is super fun because it's a whole new level of like physical that you know you can you you got to be in damn good shape to, to hunt elk at your at your you know at your best. I guess like it certainly helps to be in good shape and i that's a fun challenge to me I'm working for that you know to just be to be as good as i can be i'm not trying you know it's just like and when you when you go out there with your team elk hunting that's super fun because it's like you you better make sure you got yourself in shape over the off season because you got to pull your weight and like we've 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 had some awesome teams out elk hunting it's unbelievably fun and that part to me is also really fun i was i was i was uh well, and then pronghorn too, I guess. Pronghorn is like the ultimate stalk test. Like, if you could stalk a pronghorn with a bow, like, I don't, like, to me, that's been easily the most challenging thing that I've done in, in hunting. Like, they are good, man. And like, if you're not on perfect point, like, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna make you look real stupid a lot of times. Um, you know, so you're telling me if I can't sneak up on the groundhog in my yard, I probably should not worry about the antelope and like, hold off on those. Of, no, no, you're, you're, seriously. I feel like, you know, I feel like it's like this with pronghorn. You're like, let's say, let's say like the bottom of my screen is the terrain feature that um, you're using as cover. It's like with a pronghorn, I always say you just barely get your hat. He's gone. You can see the tip of his hat. Yeah, you can see the button, you know. And uh, they're just like, well, who's over there? <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Zach, I'll tell you something you can't do. You can't take me hunting next spring when you're in Ohio. Okay? Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, 
So, yeah. so, so like you yeah, yeah. derail the conversation there. Um, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know what to say to that. So, so, so Warb and, 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 and Ted, I love Ted. I mean, I, I've never, never seen, you know, never met him. It's kind of um, weird. He's he just I just love his personality, man. Like the, the, the he just seems like super quiet all the time, and oh, then yeah. he just goes out and, and you be like Ted, I'm going to give you this this doll kitchen knife, and I want you to kill this this black bear. And he's like, oh, okay, <laughs> and and he just I just I I love the all the personalities that like have kind of have kind of come together. So I mean, oh, yeah. so when you guys are on like turkey tour or or your 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 deer tour and you're out, you're just in these four person tents traveling in cars together. Like at what point is it, is there a point where you're like, you know what? Don't talk to me, get away from me. <laughs> I don't want to look at you. Give me like five minutes alone. Or is it just, or is it just fun the whole time? What's the behind I, the scenes stuff that you guys edit out that none of us see. The <laughs> only, the only thing that I think is, can you guys still hear me? It cut out. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I can hear you. Um, I would say the only thing that, that like sometimes it is all fun. And like, we also, one thing too, is like, we also all, we break it up like quite a bit really throughout the season. It's not like we're all together at all times. Like there's going to be a lot of times where one or two or three of us go one direction. Somebody else goes another direction. Somebody goes home to hunt. Somebody goes home to, you know, to, to hunt with friends or family or, um, yeah, I mean, we're kind of all, all over the place as far as that goes. The only thing I would say is sometimes we get ourselves pretty stressed out about you know, what we're going to film or what we're going to edit, how we're going to get it together, how fast we need to get it done. And that's, um, I would say that's, that's the only thing really behind the scenes that kind of gets to a point where it's like, you kind of get sick of it. And that's what will be a burnout. I would say a potential burnout, like, like just trying to get those videos done is like, and, and the demand the demand truly would be that we do more and and faster like turnaround, but it's like it's so hard to go hunting and edit and try to get maximize your time. Like that gets that can get stressful, especially when you really, really want to go. Like like for example, if you haven't been killing anything and you're close a whole bunch, then it's up where it's like, We gotta make a video and it's like, We just need one more day and you're like you're like that addict you know that just can't get enough and and that for me starts to take over a little bit where sometimes i'm like damn it i don't want to i don't want to sit today out and, and edit especially in the heat of the, the season you know when you're at yeah um you know so that, that that's that's can be hard i would say but, but so um, I, yeah, I mean otherwise when you're hunting it's all fun i mean dude we're yeah we're all real goofy and mess around all the time as you can tell so it's like it is that 99% of the time, just when you have to like, when you have to give it up to go edit is kind of a bummer. <laughs> no, and you guys, you guys do such a great job of turning that stuff around. I mean, it seems like there's constantly videos coming up and that kind of stuff. One of the things I wanted to ask you is how do you handle that grind? Like, is it a ton of caffeine? Is it uh, things we can't talk about? Is it like, I, what I did three or four days and that Turkey hunt at, up at Kildare Plains. And like, especially with the turkeys like uh this was basically the first time i've really been out like that you're up really early and because the sun is up later it's not like deer season where it's like the shortest part of the year those are long days man and it starts getting warm and i mean 
all the walking and and i'm not trying to you know bitch and complain but like you know what i'm saying it, it gets it can wear out oh, yeah. i mean you guys are doing that for like three months uh how do you do it i mean honestly it's just you just I, you gotta love it at a super like super weird level <laughs> you know like yeah. you gotta just love it so much because it really and and i think in some weird way we all are addicts of it like we all wake up tomorrow ready to hunt like more than anything i guarantee if you asked any of those guys right now what would what would you want to do tomorrow well if i could choose i'd go hunting you know and and, and that means filming or or hunting either one like that that's the beauty of it too is like you know you start going with somebody and you start story and you're and you're even just in your own memory bank right it's like last year i hunted like two weeks straight with jake and filmed him in iowa and it's just like the very last thing i was gonna do was leave him you know at that point it's like we're committed to doing this and like we're you know you built you kind of get that little team and that that that's super fun about um the season and i think you just kind of get you build you build energy off your buddies your everybody's we i mean honestly yeah caffeine uh like the couple <laughs> Like I would, is it's like wake up early, like uh, and then this is kind of goes for deer and turkey, but obviously those days get real shrunk for turkey. Um, wake up, drink coffee, get super fired up. Generally, just kind of snack a little bit until it gets time. Usually, eat a little bit bigger of a lunch. If you got time in the afternoon, you're always going to try to take some sort of little snooze if you can, because that really helps you out. I mean, even even like in turkey season, like one of my favorite things to do is just get up on like a knob where you can hear a lot, just fall asleep, just plan on it. Like if a turkey gobbles as somebody's kind of rolling around, it's like, oh, hey, let's go hunting. But, you know, a lot of times you kind of take a breather middle of the day in some fashion and then um, you know, just get up and or, you know, go hunting for the afternoon, evening, or go roost something if, if you can't hunt till the afternoon. You know, if, you, if you're in turkey season, you can always till noon, which, like, Ohio, part of the season's that way. And, like, Illinois was that way. A ton of places we hunted that this year were, were that way. So if that's the case, then you just try to take a nap and get ahead of, like, some work stuff, whatever. Um, and then, um, I guess at night that's where that's where you know everybody's a little bit of personality kind of takes over and it's kind of hard to like it's hard for me to shut the hell up and just go to sleep but because <laughs> i just want to keep talking about it and like i'm so excited about tomorrow that it's like i just want to talk about it and i just want it to be here so it's hard for me to go to sleep but you get to that point where like everybody finally is like all right we're going to sleep and as soon as you hit the hey man it's lights out alarm goes off and it's hard but you get up you get the coffee in and then you're going again and it just i mean honestly it's the it's the love of the game you know it's really that because if you didn't love it and you didn't just like have that it's like you're dying to know what could happen i gotta get up i gotta go i gotta go and you can't miss a day and you get in your head too it's like and i think this is a good way to go about it it's like if i miss if I miss today, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow, you know, and, and that goes for, for every single time. And it just, it, it, 
that's what I mean by I think you just gotta love it at a certain level. That's it's kind of it's kind of getting weird, you know. Do you guys take a day off throughout the week here and there? Not throughout the not throughout a week generally, but a lot of times what we're doing now is is going on a hunt and then um, like go for about a week or so, and then yeah, I mean, and and it's relative. Deer and turkey are a little bit different, and success kind of dictates you know how this goes but it's like you know maybe hunt for roughly seven days let's just say you get enough for a couple videos you take three or four days off five days off week off whatever sometimes you go home sometimes you don't um, sometimes you just go to the library you know and just sit there and grind out work uh, sometimes it'll be day four and you're only hunting till nine in the morning you're going to the library middle of of the day and then you're going back out to like glass or bruise turkeys or whatever in the evening you know sometimes it's like a middle of the day type of deal where it's like okay we've already got a bunch of good content let's start editing this stuff getting ahead but still squeeze a little bit of hunting in where you're kind of hunting at the front end of the day and the tail end of the day but it's still just a non-stop it's always a non-stop like from daylight till dark like going and then you got to figure out how you're going to eat in there which is also honestly the hardest part i would say is just trying to find time to eat and, and it's really nice when mindy like makes a bunch of food prior to a trip and sends it with us because it just it, it, you know you don't have any time invested in it. like you just pull something out of the cooler she makes these burritos or like basically just like something that you can pop out and you can eat right now and i mean you eat stuff cold you're not i mean you're not living in luxury out there necessarily right. it's just like trying to keep it going just trying to stay alive and then eventually you get to a point too where like everybody goes home at some point right so for example i hunted in mississippi for i probably left here on like the 13th of march let's say and hunted in mississippi until um the end of the month and then i flew home I drove closer to Illinois, which is where we were hunting next. I, I drove to St. Louis, flew to Colorado, and then was there for like the weekend, basically like three or four, three days, I think, three and a half days. Flew back to Illinois, or St. Louis and then drove to Illinois, jumped in with the guys and back in hunting. And we went to what North Carolina, North Carolina for like a while, did kind of the same thing, flew home for a real quick, I think flew home for Easter weekend, real quick two days. Flew back, went to West Virginia, and then I hunted West Virginia and Ohio for a while, and then drove back home to here, and then we went hunting. Took about a week to edit and kind of catch up on some stuff here, um, and then we hunted Colorado uh, for a while, and then we hunted uh, hunted Wisconsin. Flew to Wisconsin for the last trip of the season. How do you and keep track of all your licenses and all that kind of stuff? Just. I mean, when I'm turkey hunting, I just have them all in the same pocket right here. Like I got a Ziploc bag, I got a pen, it zip ties, rubber bands, stuff, so I can like tie stuff. And I've just got like a system right there where I got everything. And then, you know, deer and deer and everything is a little bit more simple. But turkey, yeah, you got to just, Damn. I mean, I'm just constantly reading regulations, you know, like obsessively reading regulations and like stressing ourselves out, like, you know, we have everything right are we good you know and like which we totally should be um you know it's it's the way to way to do it but it's uh, yeah it's a lot of 
making sure you know what's going on out there. For sure. Because you're not always, I mean, when you're bouncing state to state, there's so many weird little, I mean, and there's not, it's not terribly hard, but you know, every state's a little different. So you got to make sure you know what you're doing. That'd be my biggest tip if anybody's traveling. Like, make sure you're not doing something you're not supposed to. Because there's some weird, there's weird little hidden stuff as you travel around and hunt different public lands. You know, or sometimes if you're not thorough with reading everything, you could you could easily miss something. You know. Absolutely. Well, I've got like two more questions, and Paul, if you've got anything else, but Zach, uh, one is what is your all-time most favorite hunt, and the other one would be. If you could, if there's some hunt you haven't been on yet, what would that one be? Well, <laughs> I would say, <clears throat> as far as favorite hunt, I'll use a few because I'm not going to pick one. And this is not even, honestly, if I sat and thought about it too long, it would be, <laughs> I would be all of them. But one that comes to mind uh, this past September, we elk hunted, and it was me. Jake, Ben, Colin, and Roy, and we were in the backcountry for like seven days, six days, I think it was, um, and just that that group of dudes and being so far back in there. I mean, we I'd been looking at this area on the map for a while and decided, you know to go in there and do it and you know just took a basically took a complete risk went in there blind and it just was everything that i ever dreamed it to be and um filmed i saw jake shoot a uh, six six by six bowl we ended up packing the bowl out just stupid far like so far and um just that that whole group aspect of um, really uh, our muzzleloader hunting man we've been doing the last few years as as a group where we do drives together that's that's super fun to me because again it's that team aspect and one thing i didn't i didn't mention that i kind of wanted to mention earlier is i was big into sports when i was a kid like love playing sports and i think i think uh, when i found like mobile hunting like ground mobile hunting and just elk hunting and stalking pronghorn and turkey hunting all the time it's like i kind of started to get more of a uh, my fix of like sport when I was doing that versus just sitting around. I felt like a bum when I was sitting waiting for deer. Um, I didn't feel like I was being active and, and I felt like it kind of fixed, you know, it, it uh, replace that, I guess, replace sports a little bit, especially when you've got this team involved where you can turkey hunt as a team, you can elk hunt as a team, you can deer hunt as a team, you know, you can be spotting and stalking deer and have a spotter and you know a guy you know people filming it you're always deer hunting too as a, as a pair with what we do so it's like you're always with your teammate and it's just super fun to me to have that so anytime where i've got that going it's it, that's the most fun i would say what sports did you play uh baseball and football okay yeah out there in in western ohio you know i know football's king I hear, oh, yeah. I hear about all the I time how great the Mac is uh, at Thanksgiving every year. So <laughs> football is my football is my favorite sport, and uh, yeah, I still dream about it. You know, it's just one of those weird things that you know you can't really do it after 
you're done with it. You know what I mean? You can't go back and do, do more. And I, I, I seriously love it, man. I, there's been only one other thing that I've in my life that I've like enjoyed doing as much as as hunting and it was football <laughs> like i for from the time i started in the seventh grade till i graduated high school i was so obsessed with football i didn't i didn't that was like but definitely more football i would say so so like here's a great example of of what i mean by the sports thing here's a oh yeah picture, picture of our group it's yeah pretty sweet that's great that's what it's about man yeah this is the elk that's awesome that's a great picture it really wow. is you can see the mountain in the back background yeah. that's unreal so so it's so much fun just being with your friends so you know as far as all-time favorite hunts go like that definitely just when you got when you're surrounded with people that that makes it so much more fun you can celebrate and there's so much excitement involved with it that yeah that's yeah, awesome it's awesome pretty what, broad answer what uh <laughs> what hunt have you not done that you'd want to do um honestly just a lot of western stuff in general i just want to continue to experience different areas hunting elk um i am a colorado resident now so I'm, and I've already built quite a resume of different areas of Colorado. Um, I've hunted a lot of places in Colorado for elk already, so that's super exciting. Uh, and I want to continue to like chip off, chip away at other states with that. And then I'd love to do some more mule deer hunting here and there. But, you know, just anything, honestly, at the end of the day, man, I'll sit there. Like, actually, one of the things that I've been dealing with right now day specifically is I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed with how many things I want to do you know this deer season because it's like I want to go to all these places I want I, I mean from from seriously Alabama Mississippi to the northeast to you know out west it's like I want to hunt so many different places and things so anything I haven't done yet that's kind of what I want to do <laughs> the old the old priority list that uh, as you get older it's more and more important you know yeah so my kids sit here and they, they complain about you know what they're going to do during summer break i'm like look you got everything just you want to see my list of things to do we can we can fight over that so <laughs> well i i don't have anything i mean we could talk for hours but we appreciate i've got i've time. just got two two things okay. that, that i so so one i, I want to commend you and and the thp crew you guys have really, you know, kind of transformed this industry. And, and the one thing that I, that I really like, I, I work for one of the wildlife conservation organizations here in the country, and you guys have really started to focus on and talk about conservation in this country and, and the need to do more than just buying a, a tag and a license and, and, and that's it. And those days are dead. I've said that a hundred times in this show. I'll say it again. Like, we all need to do more. And whether that's actually, you know, boots on the ground type of stuff or donating to different conservation organizations. And, and you guys have really, you, you've done some work with the NWTF, TFT. I don't know if you're, you know, what else you guys have got going on, but I, I just want to say thank you for that. I mean, that's, that's something that I mean, we're just a couple schmucks in Ohio, man. Like, you know, our, 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 our platform is not as big as, as yours and it will never be that big, but the people like you and the juries, you know, 
you guys need to be the the champions of that, and 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 you guys have taken an important step in doing that the last twelve months. So I mean, good good for you guys, man. Keep keep just hammer down on that point. So yeah, yeah, hammer down. Yeah, for thing. sure. I mean, if we can't if we can't keep doing it, then like, what's you know what's the point? The most important yeah. thing is we can continue to, to do it. I mean, that's you know really, I guess I failed to mention early in, in the conversation. I I missed my opportunity to say this like thp was also started with this idea that about wildlife and care about protecting areas to go the better chance that we have to stand up against anti-hunting and you know um basically you know our thought was just kind of get people kind of fired up about going in the first place and then that will ultimately lead to you know protecting the resource i suppose and i i just think that at the end of the day like that's that is the most important thing it's like have fun and make sure that you're like doing the right things to make it better for the future you know because yeah, if not sure then, you know, we're not making not making any more land and they're building a hell of a lot more houses everywhere i go so <laughs> yeah, absolutely so so the last question this is always I, i've always wondered this as you guys became more and more popular, your run-ins with people that watch the show, like, has that, is that, is that all the time? Like, are you guys always running into people in the woods or like these, these part or like, like people getting, you know, they, they pull up in their truck next to you and you guys are like, oh shit, we got to go like start running <laughs> <laughs> because these guys are going to be like, Hey man, can I get a selfie and just bothering you at four in the morning? Yeah, or- I mean, so, so I love talking to people. I, yeah. I really do. I, you can ask anybody in our group is like, somebody rolls up and has watched the video because I'm going to just end up probably just sitting there chattering people to come up, you know, unless we got something real pressing that we're going to do. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's fun to meet people on public land. It's pretty funny to be, you know, just random places like, like the airport or something and, and you bump into somebody where there's like all these people and all of a sudden like, like love the videos. I, I, I really think it's cool. And it's, I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Um, there are certain times where, yeah, I try to keep my head down a little bit, you know, pull my hair back, kind of hide a little bit because <laughs> maybe we get out big walk or we hear a turkey gobbling or something. But yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, I don't mean any harm by it ever. If we're doing that, it's just like try to get going. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I talk to people all the time and really enjoy that. It's one of the most fun parts about it. I really love going to, to, um, different events and stuff and just meeting people, you know, because everybody's got cool stories. Everybody's got cool experiences. You meet so many cool people being out on public land and meet people that are doing stuff like finding different ways of going about doing stuff similar to what we do. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of the most interesting thing I would say is like you bump into people that are like, yeah, man, a guide, like a guide fishing in the, in the, uh, you know, in the winter in the summer, so I can deer and turkey hunt all season or, you know, I quit my job. I quit my job before deer season every year and just deer hunt all season. Um, guys do the same for turkey. But to me, that's really cool to, that there's other people out there doing it. Like I found my way of doing it, but I'm not the only one that loves it that much. There's a ton of other people, you know, you know people oftentimes like, people oftentimes try to make hunting competitive you know like they want to say like oh you know you got you got these many these many bucks or 
you know, these this many big bucks or got them in this many places or whatever it is and public land versus private land and it's just i guess to me I, in, in all of the php i think i feel confident saying this it's just like there's no way to measure hunting everybody's situation's different like i i get i've shot bucks the last few years right but i get a ton of time to hunt and i've I failed so miserably so many times. And like that, that like it's, it's, there's no way to be comp- competitive about it. Just go have fun, try to learn new stuff and just, you know, do what makes it fun to you. I, I, that's what, that's what, again, when I talk about hunting on the ground. That's what makes it fun for me. You know, am I going to miss some opportunities that, that I would maybe get if I didn't exclusively hunt on the ground? Like probably, but you know, is it going to be as fun? Well, it's not about killing the biggest buck because I don't, I don't honestly don't really care what anybody else. I mean, I care. I support wanting people to do good and have fun, but it's like, I'm not trying to measure my buck up against somebody else's. If I start doing that, I'm probably not going to have any fun. (laughs) For sure. Zach, I appreciate you, man. And all the work that you've done, all your friends, the, you know, the, the work that the THP guys have done. Keep doing you, man. Stay, stay humble. Stay, you know, stay the course. You guys are doing great. So, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you.